Hey everybody, this is Things Christians Want to Know, and we are back with Paul Anderson, Hi. Pastor Extraordinaire, I, <laughs> I've just given you that title, uh, and you. I am Nate Johnstone, and starting today, probably for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how to hear from God. Can we hear from God? Does God even still speak today? If so, what does that mean? What does it look like? Or better yet, what does it sound like, perhaps? And it's a huge, huge, huge topic. There's a lot of places to go, so we will see where we end up um, this week. Paul, why don't you take it away and get us started here? Okay. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. So what's that song about? We've got physical eyes that see physical reality, and apparently we've got spiritual eyes that see spiritual reality just as real. So the king of Syria called his men together. Someone is revealing my secrets, he says to them. And the servant says, not us, it's Elijah. He tells the king what you share in the bedroom. Yikes. That's Second Kings twelve. 2 Kings six twelve in the bedroom. So the king surrounded Dothan at night. In the morning, the servant of Elisha saw the army, and he panicked. So he comes in to Elisha. He says, "They've got us surrounded." Elisha told him that there were more warriors on their side than on the enemy's side. Then he prayed. Listen to what he prayed. Please open his eyes, Lord. And the servant saw the mountain full of horses and chariots, just as real, far more powerful. Hmm. Paul prayed for the Ephesians that the, remember, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Chapter 1, verse 16 to 18. He wanted them to see their riches and the power of God within them. Do you see it? So, take that another step. We have inner ears. One commonly repeated scripture, it's eight times in the book of Revelation, is he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And not one of them is a wife telling her husband to open his ears. So my question, do you have ears to hear? Then hear. I had heard for years that prayer was two-way communication with God, but I never met anybody that took it seriously. Right. Yeah. Then I met Larry. I started praying with him every Larry. day. Larry Christensen. He was my mentor and known in many parts of the world. And I prayed with him every day for 11 years, except on weekends. And I discovered little by little that the Spirit has a voice. Hmm. Because he would stop and he'd write something down and I had no idea what he was writing. I figured maybe don't forget to bring home the milk or you know something <laughs> like that. But I realized 
eventually that he was listening to the Spirit. Hmm. So, a couple stories. I planned to drive up into L.A. I was living out in San Pedro at the time. I asked God, and I hadn't gotten used to asking him questions by this time, but I said, should I take this car? And the reason I asked, that it, it had been heating up a little bit. Immediate answer, no. As I prepared to go then an hour later, I again asked, same question, no. Thinking I was making it up, I know that I, I know it sounds like I'm an idiot. I took the car. I didn't drive it home. God wanted to save me the trouble, and I had not learned to listen. Hmm. Fast forward that to a few years ago, I was driving to buy tires on Craigslist, and on the way, it was down in Lakeville, 35 minutes away. I asked God, is this going to work? The voice answered, no. I kept driving, thinking it was my own voice. I know you're saying I'm crazy. It wasn't. I delivered four tires to Tires Plus to put in my car. They called 20 minutes later, said wrong size. Uh. Oh. <laughs> It did not feel good at all. So I have learned through two failures that I can hear the Spirit's voice. Not an audible voice, though as clear. The Spirit lives within us. Here's what Jesus said of the Spirit in John 16. He will guide you into all the truth. I love this. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Then he repeated what he had just said. Again, therefore I said he will take what is mine and declare it to you. These are vital words for Christians to hear. Two times Jesus used the word speak and three times the word declare. These are words of communication. The disciples understood it and learned to hear the God within. It's more than a nudge. It's more than a sense, although the Spirit can use these devices as well. He is speaking truth, not just giving feelings. And you can learn to hear. I got one cool story I want to share with you, and then you respond or uh, jump in. 1972, Karen had come. Your wife? Yes, now my wife. 1972, okay, not, not my wife. Uh -huh. Sorry, spoilers. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> she came to San Pedro for a reason other than Paul Anderson. And she was going to Trinity Lutheran. And something that she expected to materialize didn't. And so she is confused and she's wondering what she should do. Did she feel like God had called her to go there? She felt that. And so yeah. then God called me here, but it didn't work. So what's going on? 
I think we've all been there. Sure. Where we feel like we heard God, but then it didn't work out. So that that is confusing. It's challenging. It, it didn't feel good at all yeah. to her. So she wondered, what do I do now? She's a third culture kid, as you know. So mm-hmm. she doesn't really have a home base. Home, if anything, would be Lake Nojidi in Japan. She grew up as a missionary kid. So she wondered, should I go back to Minnesota, where she graduated from? Shall I go to Japan as a missionary? So she came to a service that we had every Sunday afternoon, once a month. It's a long service from 3 o'clock to 8 o'clock. And people came any time between 3 and 8, and they would sit in the in the pews and listen to piped in music and meditate. We had things that they could meditate on. And then when they wanted to, they would come up to the altar area where we had people that Larry had trained in listening to God. And there were 16 of us in different teams. We would each work, uh, half of the teams would work from 3 to 5.30 and half the team from 5.30 to 8. So she was there on that particular Sunday and she came up and first we served communion. So she had the bread and the wine and then she just quieted her heart. She was kneeling. Bud Hahn, who prayed with us with Larry and whom Larry trained to listen, put his hand on her, not knowing anything of what was going on. I think he might have met her, but didn't know what she was troubled about. And he said, after listening and waiting, you can stay here. You are in the right place. Hmm. It was almost overwhelming for her. And she got all choked up. It was Mm -hmm. as if the Spirit had spoken right to her. Just what this scripture said, declaring things to her. She settled in. She knew she was in the right place. I'm sure glad. Because <laughs> <laughs> three years later, I was married to her. Yeah. So, isn't that cool? That is really cool. I. We had learned from Larry that God had a voice. Who knew? And that we could hear from him. And then when you hear from somebody else, sometimes that's called prophecy. He gave her a prophetic word. It's a now word. And it's just what she needed. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm very thankful for Larry Christensen's mentoring of me because I then came to understand that God has a voice. And I like to think of all three members of the Trinity as having voices. God the Father's got a voice. And sometimes he's so proud of his son that he, he spoke from heaven. You are my beloved son. Another time he spoke, this is my beloved son. Another time at the crucifixion he spoke and Jesus understood it, but they thought he was thundering. Well, that's the problem when God speaks from heaven. He thunders forth. You know, some may not understand it. But he also, as we know, when he spoke to Elijah, who was running 
he had a still, small voice. I think that's more, well, I know that's more typical. I agree. Of the voice that he's speaking. We know that Jesus has a voice. His sheep, he said that. His sheep hear his voice and follow him. A voice of a stranger they won't follow. So we know that Jesus has a voice. And we know that it's a spirit. We just read this passage in John 16 that he takes what he hears from, I assume, the Father. Mm-hmm. And then he speaks it to us. You know, I've heard people say, I wish we lived in the old covenant where you had the cloud, where you could follow the cloud. It would make it so much easier. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Yeah. We've got the GPS of the Holy Spirit, of God himself. Living inside us. Living inside of us. Every single And speaking. You know what what happened to me? uh, Because I I shared that with you. In fact, I might have preached it. I was walking out the front steps. I got down one step, and I heard the Spirit say to me, write a book on revival. Mm -hmm. And I knew, because it was unrevival, premeditated. I wasn't thinking about revival at the time. I was going over to some intercessors with Karen and uh, I was encouraging them in revival. So I, I did that for about an hour and then we prayed with them. Karen and I prayed with them and then they said, can we pray with you? And We said, of course, and Cindy McCarthy put her hands on me and said, I see a book, but it has empty pages. You are to write a book. I said, I know, and I know what the subject is. God had just spoken to me. And then he tells me through Cindy. I love that. God Mm -hmm. is so personal. He confirms his word. Yeah. He, he not only spoke it, but like you say, he just he put a stamp on it. That is, that's a great story. I think these personal stories are really helpful for people because I think a lot of people have their own stories, but maybe they haven't really thought about them again. Oh, this did happen to me 10 years ago, or that happened to me. And when they hear your stories and our stories and other people's stories, it maybe reminds them of their own experiences. And I think that can be really helpful then. You know, the... In the Old Testament, they would put a, they would pile up a whole bunch of rocks when God did something cool, like speak to them. Sure. They'd pile up a whole bunch of rocks so that year la- years later when they'd come back, what's that pile of rocks about? Oh, that was the time that God spoke to me about this. And that's mm-hmm. how this affected our family. And they put that there to remember, you know. Um, we don't do a good job at remembering <laughs> these mm-hmm. days. I, mm-hmm. I don't think Christians, most aren't even willing to journal. Um, and I'm saying me, I mean, I'm pretty terrible at that too, but I try. Um, and so I, I think that hearing other people's stories can jog our own memory. I think sometimes, yeah. um, so this is, this is just a huge, huge topic. Um, and you've already addressed a lot of different issues. Um, do, do you think we need to spend time on trying to convince people that God speaks like the concept? I don't know that we do. I was thinking maybe we should, but. But at this point, I don't. I don't think we do. If we get a lot of people saying, "Hey, could you give me a, a could you back up and do a prequel on prove to me that God speaks at all?" Then maybe we can touch that. Um, I mean, for me, it's always been an obvious thing, but that's how I grew up, and so sure. obviously that's going to affect it. I grew up in a in a family where it's just 
if you need something, just pray and ask and listen. That's, that's just how it works. It's a conversation. And sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. If it's an important thing, you talk to your parents, you talk to your friends, you bring it up with other people because they might be able to catch, well, that can't be God because that's not in the Bible or that can't be God because of this. And we'll talk about some of those at some point, um, maybe in, in a week or two about ways to test the word Good. that you get because that yeah. is so, so important and a lot of people are um, very concerned about that. But I mean, for me, the idea of a God that speaks is just so clear right away in Genesis, Genesis chapter one, verse three. So the third verse in the Bible. Yeah is and god said there it is and he continues to speak throughout this chapter and every chapter in the entire bible mm-hmm. and i don't by that i don't just mean god spoke every word here and then men write, wrote it down that's obviously true but i mean just about every chapter of the bible has god himself literally speaking mm-hmm. either directly or through someone else and so the idea of a god that speaks is I think absolutely foundational to scripture itself. It's who God is. And he's a God who not only speaks in a grand sense or in a big picture sense, but he speaks to us as individuals. Yes. And it's a, I've always been blown away by the concept of the God who, the same God who said, let there be light and mountains. And I'm going to invent water now. And, and like, the incredible, amazing, like mind-blowing, cosmos-creating aspect of God is the same God who speaks to each of us individually. That's right. That that one truth ascribes so much worth to human beings. Yes, it does. That proves that we are worth so much. We have so much value that the God who created the entire universe will condescend to speak to us. And he doesn't consider it a condescension. He doesn't consider it, oh, I suppose I'll talk to this person. It's a joy for him to do that. He delights in speaking to his children. And that that in and of itself should show how much God loves us yes. and how much he cares about us. Because yes. that's why. <laughs> why would he bother? Why would he do that? It makes, it, to me, it makes no sense, you know. Um, except that now I'm a dad, and so it sort of makes a little more sense. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I have my own kids, and I know how, how I feel towards them. And that's obviously a picture of how God feels towards us. So I think throughout the Bible, I think most of us can agree that God speaks. Um, the idea that at some point he would stop speaking seems ridiculous to me. Um, nowhere in the Bible does it say, at some point, even though I've always spoken, I will no longer speak ever again. And then Jesus will return, or there will be a rapture or something. There are some people who believe that, who believe that God stopped speaking. Um, and I, I don't, because I don't see it in the book. I don't see it. Right. I see, behold, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And when Jesus talked about how he will be with them, he said exactly what you just said. I'm going, to re- I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I will send the Spirit, and He will remind you of all things. You know, well, that's communication, reminding. He, yes. will, he will take from me and declare to you. That's, that's communication as well. So God clearly intends to communicate to His people. And you quoted, you know, the John passage where Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. And so if we're His sheep, we hear His voice, right? Or we should. That should be, that is something that we can attain to, I should say. Should not in the sense of you're a bad Christian if you don't hear Jesus's voice, but you can do it because he said my sheep hear his voice. And maybe we'll maybe we should look at that passage directly 
maybe next week we'll do that. Um, this is such a such a such a huge topic, and you have found it to be, you said, encouraging, deeply for you, encouraging. And I do something now that I would guess most Christians don't do because they haven't discovered the value of it. But having asked twice with regard to my car and missing it big on both occasions, I saw that had I known that he speaks that clearly and that personally, I would have taken it and I wouldn't have taken that car and I wouldn't have bought those tires. And so now I ask him a lot of questions for and they're mainly yes and no questions like, is it time to go to Home Depot today? Shall I go now? And right away I hear a yes or a no. Mm -hmm. Should I be calling Tim? And talking to him about this, yes, I hear that. And so, uh, I like the scripture that says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So God's not going to communicate too much with me about what's out there. I laugh and I love the verse in Hebrews 11, that, uh, verse, 8, that, verse 8, that talks about Abraham going to inherit the land that he was about to receive, it says he went out not knowing where he was going. <laughs> go. Where do I'm going? I'm not going to tell you. Just go. Just start walking. And I will guide you. That's the Christian life. It is. We don't know. I don't see far out. The biggest things I've done have been surprises to me. The seminary, the ark, Lydia House, uh, Communitas, there were surprises. I didn't see those coming far in advance. God will speak about the immediate, and he promised to speak about the immediate. So I need to know the next step. I don't need to know way out there, but he will tell me the next step. So if I'm at point A, I want to ask a B question. Yep. And uh, that'll be, okay, how, what shall I do now? Do you want me to study this? You want me to read this book? And I will hear him speak back to me. So I would encourage people to get used to asking God questions. When you need guidance, do you have an opinion here, God? Do you, whether I should go to George Washington University or the University of Northwestern, can you tell me? God will speak. Mm -hmm. God will make that clear.